Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to the 11th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Heart Warrior Siblings. We have a great show for you today all the way from Israel. Today's show is Siblings of a Sister with Special Needs, and our guests are siblings, Sapir Lieben and Idan Lieben. Idan and Sapir were born in Jerusalem in 1994 and 1996. In almost every way, they are a typical brother and sister, but for this... Their younger sister, Liel, was born with double outlet right ventricle, or DORV. By age four, she was showing signs of autism, and by age 13, she had also developed epilepsy. Quickly, Idana and Sapir learned that their lives at home would be different from those of their friends. Both were involved with the day-to-day care of their sister, taking turns being home for her after school, making meals before their parents came home, and in general, being there to help with whatever was needed. Liel passed away in 2012 at age 15. Today, Idan, at 23, is a veteran of the Israel Army, works in a hostel for adults with special needs, and studies in Jerusalem. Sapir lives near Tel Aviv and runs an internet jewelry store together with her boyfriend, Itai. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Sapir. Hi, Anna. Shalom. I'm very happy to be here, and thank you for having us. Shalom. We will meet Idan in the second segment. So we'll start with you, Sapir. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I have had the distinct pleasure of talking with you before with your dad when you helped do some marketing training with us, but this is the first time for you to be on Heart to Heart with Anna. And I'm very excited. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I want you to start by telling me a little bit about your childhood growing up with a sister with such a serious congenital heart defect. How aware were you of Liel's heart problems? We experienced her more as a special needs with autism child mm-hmm. than a child with heart defect. We knew about the operations over the years, but we were too young to understand, except the fact that we knew that we need to be careful with her near cell phones and walk through metal detector at the mall. We were aware that Leanne was a special child that she needed to be treated with more carefully and responsibly. As a child, many people always called me a little mother because me and my brother always used to take care of her and protect her. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that. That is exactly what your dad said to me. He said to (laughs) me that you were like a little mother to her. So that's so funny. Other people said that to you too. Yeah, I hated that. But now I, I just wanted to be a little girl but and not to be a mother. But now I understand why they say it. They said it. 
Right, right. Now you're a lot older, and you can look back and you can see how you were so much more responsible than yeah. more children your age, than most children your age. And I think that's why people were very impressed with how loving and how nurturing you were for your sister. Yeah. So it sounds like your brother and you had to do a lot of Liel's caretaking. How do you think that affected you as a child growing up? On one hand, this is the reality that we are born into this. So we didn't know anything else. But on the other hand, when we with friends and we saw their families, we realized that our family is special and different. Mm -hmm. For example, we saw neat houses and unbroken toys and <laughs> puzzles with all the parts. So we know that we are different and special. Okay, so it sounds to me like your sister was not as careful with her toys, maybe, as some of your friends' siblings were? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, see, that's something that Michael never told me about. Okay, I'm learning something new about her. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has living with Liel and caring for her possibly affected other aspects of your life? I feel that my childhood and my life with Liel gave me a toolbox full of life skills. It's something that I will not have gotten anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I learned what is charity, responsibility, uh, tolerance, and accept people that are different from me. I developed uh, independence yeah. from an early age, and, and I started my own business when I was 17 years old. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you started that jewelry business when you were 17. Yeah. Wow. So you think that Liel contributed to making you grow up much faster, maybe, than some of your peers? Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. For I sure. I think so, too. Yeah, your dad told me that both you and Idan were so mature and really did grow up quickly and contribute to caring for Liel. And he said, it's not like you wanted to. It's like everybody had to do that. That was just yeah. the way that your family coped. Right. Mm-hmm. We were born to this. You were born into this? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and so in a way, you didn't know anything that was any different than that. Yeah, right. That was your normal. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, 
The Heart of a Father and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. In the first segment, we had a chance to talk with Sapir Lieben, and now we have a chance to talk to her brother, Idan. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Idan. I love having both you and your sister on the show today. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having us. Well, this has been fun, and I guess I should say shalom. Shalom, shalom, uvracha. Now, we talked to Sapir in segment one about growing up with a sister with a serious heart defect, but she told me that you all weren't really that concerned about the heart defect, that you all were very young and didn't really understand, and it was more about Liel's special needs that was prevalent in your life. So how old were you when Liel's autism was diagnosed? I was very young when it was diagnosed, so I didn't really understand what it meant. And because of that, I was growing up into this reality. Mm-hmm. And it was very natural for me, for both of us, I think. Mm-hmm. But I did see that she is different growing up and rolling on the floor mm-hmm. or doing funny noise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even when it was not suitable for her age, but it was special and I was very proud of her and the achievements she she got. Oh, that's so sweet that you were able to celebrate her achievements, even though you could tell that she wasn't behaving in a way that is normal for children her age. Of course, of course. Even some of her achievements are things that we didn't manage to do. Like when she finally learned how to read, mm-hmm. she read maps for hours, and she knew every capital of every state in the world was pretty amazing. I know. Your dad told me about that, and I was amazed. Yeah, this is just one of the, the things. Yeah, he said she had an amazing memory for certain things that were geographical. It was like from the little things like learning how to speak in three-word sentences and mm-hmm. even bigger things. So could she communicate in sentences with you? It was different. We tried many different and creative ways to communicate with her. I remember that once I had a candy that she really liked, mm-hmm. and I told her that I will give her the candy if she will sing a song to me. <laughs> it was amazing. She sang a whole song like a regular girl. I didn't expect it. It was really, really amazing. It almost makes you wonder if she really was kind of locked inside of herself and just every now and then you could see who she really was. We try to get things out of there to hear from her what she's thinking or feeling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we did do progress with it. When she got older, I tried to communicate with her wishes Sometimes she would tell me stuff. So like she told me she wanted to play the trumpet. So I didn't have a trumpet, but I showed her videos of people playing trumpet. And she was really, really excited. And we would dance and sing and even 
play little instruments and stuff. But the real communication was between the acts and deeds. It was the unspoken communication. That was the most powerful. Can you give me an example? Like, was she good at giving you hugs or did she have, I don't know, facial expressions that were communicative? We did have that a little, but the real communication, you could just feel it. You could just feel she's listening. It's it's pretty hard to explain, but it's the things that are happening between the acts, between the facial expressions, between the words. Is it kind of like how you can be with somebody who you've known for a long time and you don't even have to say anything, but you just have an easy rapport with each other? Yeah. I get that. So what happened after Liel was diagnosed with epilepsy? That must have really changed things for your family. It was diagnosed at the time that she was moving north to a special hostel that can take care of her 24-7. So I didn't notice a lot about the epilepsy. I did hear of a few attacks that she had there. And of course, the final attack that was the most powerful, the most powerful one. I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't meet it live. But Sapir and I spoke a little bit before the show, and she has more to say about it. Okay. Well, Sapir, tell us how you feel Liel's epilepsy affected your family. I know that Liel didn't like the epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And losing control over her body was hard for her. Because me and Liel shared a room, a bedroom together. So did you actually witness her having some seizures, sweetie? Uh, yeah. Well, Liel loves to go on my bed, go sleep mm -hmm. on my bed. So every time that I saw her laying on my bed, I understood that she was in between attacks or before or after epilepsy attacks. So I experienced it more than Idan, I think. Right. So you and she were very, very close, not only because you were sisters, but because you shared a bedroom. And it seems like you experienced more of the trauma that she went through having those epileptic seizures. Yeah. Yeah. So was it a regular thing where like every day she would have a seizure or was it just occasional? I don't remember because she came to the house every second Saturday. So I don't, I don't remember if it's, I don't remember. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. So when she was a little girl and you were a little girl sharing the same bedroom before she went to live in a hostel, did you notice then that she was having the seizures or was it only after it was actually diagnosed? No, the first time happened when me and my mom prepared Liel to school mm -hmm. in the morning when we dress her up. And she has this movement. Uh, she She's moving a lot when we prepare her to school. She does all kinds of uh, movements. And then she had the attack and we didn't understand first what's happening. And we tried to talk to her and she didn't answer. And then we called the ambulance and then she, after few minutes she woke up right she came out of it yeah and this is the first time that we saw it and then it's diagnosed oh wow that must have been so scary for you yeah it was two weeks I think before she moved to the hostel 
Wow. So, okay. So she had this attack in front of you and your mom, which must have been terrifying. And it sounds like maybe she went unconscious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so you call an ambulance. You must have just been so frightened. Yeah. At first I went to my room and hide. Oh yeah. I can understand. And then I I went out and I took my sister and put her on my mom and dad's bed. And then she woke up. Oh, okay. And what was yeah. your mom doing? I don't know. Uh, we both were panicked. We didn't understand what's going on. And after I picked her up to the bed, we quickly put clothes on her so the ambulance can come and take her fast to the hospital. And then they told us that it was epilepsy attack. Wow. And so then you said within two weeks, she had moved to the hostel? Yeah. And my mom and dad was scared that they don't accept her because the epilepsy and they say that they are really prepared and every second child there has epilepsy. Right. I remember your dad saying that the school that she was going to was more prepared to deal with a child with autism and epilepsy than they were autism and a heart defect. Right. (laughs) You wouldn't expect that necessarily, but apparently autism and epilepsy frequently happen together. Right. Texas Heart Institute were offering us a mechanical heart, and he said, no, Dad, I've had enough. Give it to someone who's worthy. My father promised me a golden dress to twirl in. He held my hand and asked me where I wanted to go. Whatever strife or conflict that we experienced in our long career together was always healed by humor. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. break, I really enjoy talking with Idan and Sapir about how Liel's autism and epilepsy affected their family. Now I have them both in the studio again, and we're going to talk about life without Liel. So first of all, Sapir and Idan, I want to tell you how sorry I am that your little sister has passed away. You have my deepest condolences. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I know from talking with your dad that you and Liel Sapir were very, very close. And now, obviously, having talked to you myself, I can see how close the two of you were. So how has it been to lose a sister? How has that affected your life? I felt that I had lost my best friend. Yeah. And Liel had a lot of communication problems. And so she was the most attentive person. I felt that I can tell her anything that I had no one to share with. Sure. And since we shared a bedroom together, I felt that I had a strong communication and understanding relationship with Liel more than anyone else, I think. Sure. Many times I helped explaining her to the rest of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were kind of like her translator, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Always when Liel wanted something and it was hard to understand what it was, my mom and dad said, Sapir, come tell us what Liel wants. 
Oh, wow. It was almost like you all had a twin relationship yeah. then, where you could just communicate without even needing words. Yeah. So I'm grateful for having Liel. Oh, that's so sweet to hear, because I think it would be challenging for a lot of people to have a sister who has so many needs and who is so special. But it sounds to me like you just embraced her for the person she was. Yeah. Yeah. Idan, I know that you're working in a hostel for adults with special needs. How did having a special needs sister influence your decision to apply for a job like that? It definitely influenced my work with the people there. I can see that uh, compared to some of my colleagues, that my experience with Liel really affected uh, my ability to pay attention to those people mm-hmm. because they communicate differently sure. and they don't always really say what they want or feel or need. And you need to be able to pay attention to little details mm-hmm. um, or to their even, I don't have to call it mental temperature, sure. if, if there's a word for this. So it definitely influenced me. I can see the effect of my relationship with Liel at the work I'm doing today. So do you think that it makes you a better employee? Do you think you're able to relate to the people that you're helping better, maybe than some of the other people that you work with? Yes, of course. Yeah. You've already experienced this for 15 years. You had a little sister who communicated like some of the people that you're working with. Yeah. She had different issues, but it's still communicating with those basic skills of listening and paying attention. It sounds like both of you are such compassionate adults now, and I can't help but wonder if maybe some of that compassion happened because of living and growing up with Liel. Wow. So the next question is for both of you, and I'll start with Sapir. Leah was not your typical sister, and she had a lot of needs where you had to help her with dressing, and it sounds like you were looking after her all the time. What advice would you give to a sister who is having to experience that? Maybe even though sometimes it looks like it's not fair that you need to do all kind of stuff that your friends can go to the mall and you need to stay at home and take care of your sister or brother. Yeah, I can imagine where you would feel that it's not fair sometimes, but what would you advise them? How would you help them to get through that? You need to embrace it, and maybe it's for the better, and it will help you in the future. So maybe it seems now that it's not fair, but it will come back to you in the future. I think your advice to embrace even those difficult moments because later you may come to cherish them. Right. And you may realize that, yeah, it seemed hard then, but now I realize that it helped to make me a better person. Exactly. Okay. And Idan, what advice would you give to a family who has such a complex child in their midst? I would advise them to dear every moment with those kids because the effect of it 
I can tell about myself that it affected me so much to become the person who I am. And I can even say that every little thing that I did for Liel was like putting another brick in the bridge between us. And this soul relationship, it's still alive in my life, even though she passed away. So just now I can see what effect it has being with her, with my mind and my heart forever. Oh, I just love that. That's so artistic. That's so poetic. <laughs> I can picture this in my mind with the bridge that you're talking about, how all of those actions help to make you the man that you are today. It is. It is. And when she passed away, I was studying at the North and it was a very significant year in my life. And she passed away and and then I realized that many things that happen in me is because of our relationship. And even today, I can feel this relationship even though she's not here the way we know. So, right. So this is one of the things I advise the families and what Sapir said about turning difficulties into opportunities because mm -hmm. we can really all grow through those difficult moments. Sapir learned how to cook when she was really young mm -hmm. and she built her independence. So it's a real opportunity to grow and as better people. In the end, what we have is what we have done and not the things we haven't done. But still, it left me with a little hunger to do more. So for the people who still have the opportunity to be and build this relationship with those amazing angels, I think it's good to be aware and to live the moment, like people say, because it has an effect for mm -hmm. your whole life, even when or if you're parting ways like it happened to us. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. So the last question is for both of you also. And that is, what advice would you give to parents about their healthy children? We know that Liel needed so much support and you must have sometimes felt overlooked. What did your parents do to make sure that your needs were also met? So, Pierre, I'll start with you. That is a good question. I think that parents should teach the children to talk to each other in the family and maintain an open communication channel. I know from myself that many times I didn't want to add pressure to my parents and make it difficult for them sure. because I knew that it was hard for them because of Liel's medical condition. And I always wanted to be good at school and make as little 
trouble as possible for my parents and basically being a good girl. So I, so I think that it's important to learn to share and feel free to talk about your feelings. Okay, that's so pertinent. I agree with you 100% that the communication is just vital. What about you, Idan? So first of all, I joined Sapir's advisement. Mm -hmm. I think it is very important, like she said. Another thing I would advise the parents is to be aware and make sure the other kids build their own world Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. have their own place physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Sapir touched it a a little before, but I can tell you that one of the most uh, significant moments in my childhood was when at the summer of sixth grade, dad bought me a lock to my room. So we cleaned my room and then I could be able to keep safe the things I build or I got because Liel was all over the place. She was so, yeah, she, she was so alive and interested in everything. So we didn't have almost anything of ourselves without having a signature of Liel on it. So I love that, a signature of Liel. Yeah, you can ask that many, 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 many stories. But for a kid to be able to have his own place is very, very important. So... We all know that these kids need more attention. But what was really difficult for me was not the gifts I didn't got. It was for a few years, I didn't have the ability to keep or save the things I had. So Mm. I think it's very important to be aware and to make sure the other kids build their own world and have their own place physically and mentally. I can totally understand what you're talking about there. So it sounds brilliant that your dad gave you a lock so you could lock up some of your things and they could be safe from her curious hands because it sounds like she was very, very curious. But that must have been even harder for you, Sapir, since you shared a room with her. Right. (laughs) Everything that I liked and it was important to me, it was up on the most high shelf or uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <It's so hard. laughs> I was very jealous yeah. that Idan got a uh, lock for his room <laughs> okay so parents take a note here <laughs> especially if you have children who have to share a room with the special needs child that may be a closet or a lock box or yeah. something like that should be made available to the child who shares a room so that you can have a box or a chest or something in another room where if it's something really important to you, you can keep that there and not worry that your sister's signature would also be on it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because even when you put something up high, if it's still visible, special kids have a way of getting up to it and you don't even know how they do it. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I think that's brilliant advice because that's something really practical that parents can do that they may not even be thinking about that, oh, yes, Idan or Sapir, they may treasure a certain doll or even a book or a model that you would have made and that 
while it's important to share with the siblings, there are some things that should just be that child's alone. And the special needs child doesn't have a right to break everything or to put their signature on everything. And having a lockbox or a special safe place for the children who don't have special needs is really, really important. I think that's brilliant advice. Thanks. Wow. That's not something I would have thought about. So I just think that's really pertinent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sapir and Idan. You really have opened my eyes to what it was like to live with a special child like Liel. Thank you for having us. And if I can, I just want to say something, please. Mm -hmm. Yes. Despite Liel's health condition, Liel was the funniest and the happiest child and it's influenced us as a family, and it gave us a perspective in life, us and everyone around us. So thank you so much for having us on your show. Well, I'm so glad you said that because your dad has told me that as well, that it is because of Liel sometimes that he is able to smile because she did have such a wonderful sense of humor. Right. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. Idan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing some of your philosophy with me. I feel like I've learned so much from you today. Thanks, Anna, for having us. We're really happy for the opportunity to share a little bit of our story with Leo. Thank you very much. Well, that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, my friends. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time. And until then... Why don't you leave a review of our program on iTunes? Remember, my friends, you are not alone. This program is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.hug-podcastnetwork.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.